Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. Amen. Please, all, you can have a seat. It's so great to see you all here tonight. Pastor Daryl, Pastor Allison, it makes me so happy to see you guys here. Thank you for your love and support. You guys are incredible. Pastor Andrew, um, I don't know how you do this every week. Um, thank you for the time, the effort, the commitment that you put in. Honestly, pray for this man. I don't know how he does it. Um, all right, are we ready tonight? Okay. Have you ever taken a risk, done something that you thought, you know what, I'm just going to throw caution to wind, to the wind, I'm just going to do this thing? Maybe you took a new job, you moved countries, maybe you asked that girl out on a date, Josh, maybe <laughs> maybe you thought, you know what, I'll say yes to that guy, Ali. <laughs> I'm sure we've all been there, we've done something where we've just gone, yep, you know what, I'm going to do it. And today I want to tell you a story about a group of five friends who did exactly that. So we've got some people on the screen. Um, so we've got Roger Udarian, Pete Fleming, Jim Elliott, Nate Saint, and Ed McCulley. Now these guys were a group of American friends. They were all in their mid-20s to early 30s, and they had this brilliant idea that they wanted to go to the Amazon jungle, and they wanted to go to this tribe, and in a moment I'm going to tell you about this tribe, but what they wanted to do was to take them a message of hope, of love, of forgiveness, of peace. Now, let's find out who they're going to, because that changes things. So there's this tribe in the Amazon jungle called the Waurani people. Now, these people were <sighs> terrifying, exactly. Um, their ears, you thought Pastor Andrew had big ears, these guys' ears, like... Look at that. <laughs> um, they were actually terrifying. People in other tribes in the jungle wouldn't come near them. They feared them. These people hunted with spears. They would attack anyone and spear them to death, whoever would dare come close. And sometimes they would kill their own families as well. Um, they were often running around naked, so that's pretty terrifying. Um, and, yeah, they just, they were angry, angry people. And this group of people, these five people thought, you know what, great idea, let's go and hang out with them. Um, and so that's what they did. They took, some of them were newly married, some of them were about to get married, some of them had just had kids, and they packed everyone up and they decided they're going to go to the jungle. So one of them was a pilot and he had this yellow plane. And so they came up with a plan that what they would do is, first of all, from a distance, make friends. So they would fly their plane around, they would tie a basket to the plane and they would drop gifts to them. So I think there was some like machetes, kettles, um, clothes, just bits and pieces that they would drop off to this tribe. Until one day, the tribe's people decided to put a gift back in the basket for them. So this was awesome because now they're not only receiving the gifts, they're giving something back. So they got really excited and they knew that this was the time we can now make a plan to actually make face-to-face -face contact with these scary people. So they picked out a beach that was close to their campsite, they landed their plane and they set up camp and so they waited for them to come. And so a few of them came and they actually spent some time together. They hung out, had some food together, um, tried to talk, they knew a little bit of their language and um, they actually took that guy in a plane ride and he got to wave to his tribe's people from inside the plane. He said, hi, guys. 
Um, and then they left. And so that was obviously really great. Um, and so they waited, they expected more of them to come and say hi. And a few days later, um, they did. Now, I will backtrack for a second. Something that got me was that these people, they knew how aggressive they were, yet they decided, we'll take weapons with us in case they attack us, but we will not kill them. We won't defend ourselves or save our lives by killing these people because they knew that they were ready to go to heaven, but this tribe of people were not yet ready. So they're sitting on this beach and this group of people come and they welcome them in and that was where those five men lost their lives that day. The tribes people came and they spread them all to death. So thankfully there's no tears in the room, so I'm good. <laughs> and also that is not where the story finishes. So um, a while later, Nate... Um, Saint's sister, Rachel Saint, and Elizabeth Elliot, Jim Elliot's wife, decided, you know what, this is not the end. We're going to go back. We're going to finish what we started. And through a series of events, they actually got into the tribe. They spent time with them. They got to finish what they started and share the gospel with this tribe. And there was such forgiveness that happened that um, if we go to the next picture... You've got these men who killed the five men baptizing their children. And these children ended up calling these men who had killed their father's dad. And their grandchildren called these men grandpa. So they became a family after what seemed like such a tragedy. Um, and yeah, it's if you go to the next slide, they... That man there, he's one of the men who killed all the people, and that's one of their kids. And that man became so respected in the Ecuadorian church. He took that same message that he received that changed his life to other people in the jungle. And that is just incredible. And so something that I took from this that inspires me is that one of them said that... Hmm, interesting. It's gone. Um, let's see, hang on. So Ed McCulley summarized this dream that they had in this one sentence that just stuck with me. And he said this, I have one desire now to live a life of reckless abandon for the Lord, putting my energy and strength into it. And that just summarized this mindset that they all had of putting aside everything else to pursue this one dream, this one goal. And so when we listen to the story, we have to ask ourselves what, how, um, sorry, <laughs> um, why did they do that? What brought them to that place of doing that? And more importantly, what... What would stop us from making a crazy decision like that to live a life of reckless abandon, of just setting aside everything and letting our minds, setting our minds that we would just go for something like that? And I think sometimes it can be um, fear of the unknown. We feel like we might need all of the answers or we might need to know how this thing is going to work out or what's going to happen next. And when we don't have all those answers, we are too scared to take that step. And sometimes it could be even just not, not being bold enough or being too, comfort, too comfortable in our comfort zones. 
And so I heard a guy speak this week that I think summarized that exactly. And he said something that's super powerful. He said, as human beings, we are hardwired for comfort, whereas our soul is hardwired for growth. So he said, as human beings, as what we are, we are hardwired for comfort, whereas our soul is hardwired for growth. So we are in this constant battle of I just want to be in my comfort zone. I want to be in a place where it's predictable, where I'm in control, where I know what's going to happen, but still I want to see something great happen. I want to push beyond what I think is possible. I want to change the world. I want to make an impact in someone's lives. And it's in this place where we get stuck. You know, think of a weekend. I want to go home and just watch a movie, block the world out, just have me time. But I also want to go to the gym and I want to hang out with my friends. And we end up in this place where we're just, we can almost become stuck and we can become caught up in this hamster wheel of not going anywhere because we're not, we're not, fully happy with staying in our comfort zone, but we're also not ready to, to take a step of faith, to not have the answers and go and do something crazy, right? So when I listen to this story, my reaction is I'm inspired because I see people who took a crazy step of faith, who did something that no one else was willing to do, and the results was just, there's no way they would have known that would be the result, right? And the thing is, when we look at the Bible, it's full of stories of men and women who did exactly the same thing. I mean, I'm sure you can come up with a whole list, but I'll share some of them with you. We can look at Moses' mom, who was, at the time, she had a little baby boy, and he was born in a time where these people were slaves in the country that they were in. And they these slaves were actually so intimidating to the Pharaoh that he decided, actually, I'm going to throw all of these baby boys in the river so that they would die, so that this, these slaves can't, you know, have any power, any control. And she decided, no, I'm going to save my baby boy's life. I'm going to hide him and put him in a basket. And she made sure he was close to the Pharaoh's palace. And he actually was raised by the Pharaoh's daughter. And so she took a step of faith and she saved her son's life. Moses then grew up, so obviously he grew up being raised by a woman who was not his mother. He killed a man, so this guy was maybe a little bit messed up. And then he encountered God, and God asked him to lead these slaves into freedom. So now God used him to take a group of people who have been slaves for probably more than his whole life and lead them into freedom. And so where his mom saved his life, and that was her risk and her step of faith, Moses' step of faith was leading a whole group of people into freedom, something that they've been hoping for, waiting for, finally leading them into the promised land. And then another one is Ananias. Now, this man, Pastor Andrew loves this man. He was minding his own business. He was a Christian man. He was doing his thing, but he was living in a time where Christians were bound up. They were taken, I don't know where they took them, but they were probably going to be killed. So it was a risky time to be a Christian. And God came to him and said, you know that guy who's breathing out threats? He wants to kill you. Um, he wants to take you to jail, tie you up, and just get rid of you. Yeah, I want you to go pray for him. And yeah, it took some time, but he got there. He said, yes, God, I will go and pray for this man. And he did. 
And now the man who he prayed for, Paul, he, well, he was obviously in an awkward position because he had been capturing all of these people, taking them to be killed. And now he got to the point where he became one of them. So, I mean, if you ever think my past is too bad, I can't do anything with my future, like imagine explaining that one. Um, So we see these stories where one person's step of faith led to another person's step of faith, where one person's boldness allowed someone else to be bold and probably even more so. And so we see this another time in the Bible in the disciples' lives. So if we go to Matthew 4, verse 18 to 21, so these men were busy doing their jobs. So it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So imagine this. You're at work, and this guy who you don't know, he comes up to you and he says, hey, follow me. Like, I don't know that any of us would just say to our boss, see ya, or, you know, put down whatever we're doing for work and go follow a man who we don't know. But that was their crazy yes. That was their moment of reckless abandon. And they followed him. And the same goes for Matthew, um, the tax collector. Now, this guy was not liked by people at all because of the job he had chosen. His own people didn't like him. The people who he worked for didn't like him. Yeah, not a great life. Um, In Matthew 9, verse 9, we see as Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he said to him, follow me. So he arose and followed him. Now, for Matthew, this wasn't a decision that he made because he was going from a place of being liked and approved by people or, yes, stepping into a place where people will approve of him because the disciples weren't convinced he was all that great either. So he just... It was not for anyone's approval for any other reason than let me just find out what this man is about. And so they did, and they went on to see miracles. They saw people healed. They got to spend time with Jesus. They got to be with him, have meals with him, pray with him, all of these crazy things that we read about in the Bible. And so that is the first part of the story. And then if I'm right, and as we've looked through all the other stories of one person's yes leads to another person's yes, the same is true for them. In Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20, Jesus says, and so it says this, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so that was the second part, the second yes. Jesus said, I'm not going to be with you in person right now, but this is what I want you to do. And this actually lands with us as well. This is what Jesus is saying to us as well. I want you to go out. First of all, he calls us to say yes, to follow him, to find out for ourselves, who is this man? Is it true what he says about himself? What does it mean for my life? And then second of all, to go and share that with someone else. And so that is 
the second yes. We get to be a part of that. So we might be sitting here today going, look, I don't know what my yes is. I, I'm not fully satisfied with my comfort zone, but I don't know what, what I can do that, that would push me to grow, push me to go further. And that is where we start. If you don't have that crazy dream, this is where you start. First of all, Jesus, I want to find out who you are. Are you who you say you are? Are you who these people say you are? And then second of all, once you've figured that out, getting to share that with someone else. And so as you're sitting there, I don't, I don't know where you're at. Um, maybe you've had a dream. Maybe you've lost passion for that dream. Maybe you're in a place of deciding, what am I going to do? Am I going to do this crazy thing or am I not going to do it? Um, so we're all in the place either we're, we're about to make a decision or we are in that hamster wheel of do I or don't I? I want my comfort, but I also want to be the best that I can be. And so if we want to be known as someone who lives lives of reckless abandon, it's going to take a boldness. It's going to take faith. It's going to take something that is, is not what, what we're used to. And so what is your step of faith? What is your yes? It could be for you that it's in, in your workplace or it could be changing your workplace to pursue your dream, to, to pursue your dream and to, to do something that you haven't done before. It could be in your home in the way that you're raising your kids or in your marriage. It could be in any of your relationships. Um, it could be overcoming an addiction, drawing that line in the sand and saying, no more. Like, I will do what it takes to overcome this and to, to be the better person. Um, it could be forgiving someone. That's often a big one for all of us is letting go of that hurt. Um, or letting go of finding value in people's opinions or in relationships. And I'm sure as I go through this list, maybe some of it's something that is that yes for you that you need to make the decision. And maybe you've got something that I haven't listed here. But the truth is that we all have something. We all have an area where we can be better, where we can go further. And so our question here can be, but how? How do I do this? And so I want to let you in on a secret. Um, these people didn't have the recipe of how to do this. They didn't have all the answers when they said yes. But what they had was a mindset that said, you know what, I'm going to step out. I don't know how this is going to end. I'm going to give it my best shot and I'm going to figure this out as I go. And so that was part of what led them to success. They didn't wait until they knew exactly how it was going to work out. They just got started and they just did it. And so what I want you to take away from today is that all of these people were just ordinary people like us. There was nothing special. I mean, yes, they were special, but they were like us. But it was their mindset that got them to go and see things that other people wouldn't. It was their mindset, that decision, that moment of saying, yes, I'm willing to do this, that got them to see incredible things. And so in a moment, I'm going to pray. So before I do that, I'd like you to please join me in standing to your feet. Um, Pastor Andrew will join us and close everything up in a moment. But before we pray, I want to ask you this question. What does it mean to live a life of reckless abandon? Or more importantly, what does it mean for you to live a life of reckless abandon? 
what does it mean for you? As we're talking, maybe something's come to mind. You know what that next step should be. So what is that for you today? And so where we're standing today, I want you to imagine what would be the consequence of you saying yes today. What, how would that change your life? How would that change the lives? I want us for a moment around you. And so if you will close your eyes and bow your heads, I just want us for a moment to picture what, what would be possible. Whose life could be changed on the other end of our yes, on the other end of our crazy moment of reckless abandon. So what does it mean for you to live a life of reckless abandon? As I prepared this message, I just imagined what could come as a result of this. And I know that within each of us, there is something so incredible, something so great. And it just takes that moment of boldness. And so I'm going to pray for us. So, Lord God, I just thank you for each and every person that is here. Lord, you know my heart with this message is not that we would all go to the jungle and go minister to a tribe, God, but that we would catch something, that we would catch something that these people carried, that we would, we would take something with us, that it would give us a new perspective on how we view our lives, on how we view what is possible with you. God, I pray that you would, you would work that, this word into our minds. God, I pray for each and every person that as they're imagining, as they're picturing what could come as a result, God, I pray that you, you would add to that, that you would show us what your plan is. And God, I pray that you would, you would be with each person as they're making that decision to step out, to do the thing that they're scared of, to not worry about having all the answers, but to know that as they go, that, that you would lead the way. And so, God, we lift up the city to you and we thank you, God, that we can know that our, our homes, our families, our friendships, our relationships, our workplaces, schools, every environment that we step into can be different if we just say yes today. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help each and every one of us to say yes. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.